Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan DeCenzi. Welcome back to the show. You know, because I changed the format, what I've been wanting and doing in these first you know, six, seven episodes is that I really wanted when I brought on a guest and shared their story and we talked about them, I wanted to then follow it up the following week with an episode where I'm just talking about that episode, where I'm talking about kind of the things that they went through and how it applies to all of us day to day and how it applies to us stepping into fully expressing ourselves and becoming, you know, the human that we're meant to be, the spiritual badass that we're meant to be, and really living our life with, you know, power and purpose and passion. Because we can live that also with the clarity and the confidence and the connection. But so often, our experiences get in the way. So, Today's episode is referring back to last week's episode with Paul Vogelzang that was titled Life Transitions, Rebuilding, Finding Your Path. That was episode six. You know, in light of COVID, I I know that there's lots of talk about COVID all the time and it gets like old and like kind of like we're getting over it, right? We're tired. But the reality is it's not over and we still have to deal with all kinds of effects, right? The fears of maybe getting sick, the fears of do I go out to a restaurant and eat outdoors or do I not? Do I go into this place and pick up food or do I not? Do I go attend that function with a small amount of people there? Is everybody wearing masks? Is everybody going to socially distance in the best way we know how so I can avoid maybe getting this? And then on top of that, you have the whole, you know, job or entrepreneurial situation where maybe you're struggling to make money. Maybe you lost your job, your organization shut down, and now you don't have a solid way to earn a living. And maybe you have been And it's been going along great, and you're looking to pivot to do more online. Also holds true for the connection, right? That we are struggling to connect with people in different ways because we aren't connecting in person the same ways we were prior to COVID hitting. And so what I really appreciated about Paul's discussion you know, our discussion last week was that here was this man who saw himself in this very particular role as a man and a provider. And when he lost his job, it literally took him down. Because that was such a major role that he played, when he lost his job at 58 years old, you know, not not 22, where, you know, there's a lot of hope for future opportunities, But at 58, when we know that it's much more difficult to find a job, because why would someone hire me at 58 when they could hire someone at 30 and potentially pay them a lot less? And because we have the added mix of COVID problems, 
that is more challenging now. Now, this didn't happen for Paul during COVID. This was a number of years ago, but it was still such a challenge for him that caused him to reevaluate the all of who he is that I really wanted to point out a few things. What I loved about our conversation was that in his self-discovery, in that time frame when he was feeling depressed and anxiety-ridden and he couldn't even get a job at Target, when he was struggling to define himself now as this man who'd always made money and now he was not being allowed to and he didn't really know his future path, he still moved forward day by day, even in the darkest nights of his soul when it was the most challenging and he didn't feel like it and he felt like giving up. He still took steps forward. And in taking those steps forward, it allowed him to eventually come to a place where he recognized that it was more about his faith. It was more about his spiritual expression. Now, for him, that's a particular religious faith with his family, with his church, But that's not going to be the same for you, maybe. You might not believe in religion or have a religion that you follow. You might not even feel like you have spiritual beliefs. And that's okay. From the standpoint of mental health and mental wellness, I want to make sure that it's really clear that even though this show is called The Spiritually Expressed Human, that it is more about you recognizing your highest power within you to live your best life. And so even if you don't have those spiritual beliefs, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you are capable of anything? Do you believe that anything is possible? Do you believe that maybe sometimes things happen to others and not to you because they're the lucky ones? or they've had easier opportunities or chances or situations or circumstances that allowed them to follow their path easier? Do you believe that the things you have gone through in your life have caused you to look at yourself through the lens of distrust or fear or feeling not good enough or not worthy? Because those are the very things that will stop you. And what Paul was really talking about was that he went into that place and felt the depression and felt the worthlessness and felt the frustration. As he continued, though, to dive deeper and deeper into understanding those feelings and those thoughts about himself and his situation, what he came to was a deeper place of love for himself and a deeper understanding about himself that then allowed him to view his present and his future through a different lens. And it allowed him to then begin to take steps, whether he realized it or not, that would eventually form this new path for him with his podcast, The Not Old Better Show. And because of his own circumstance, it was a natural kind of progression, right? He started reaching out to others for support, just for for communication and connection, to talk to others and find out, had other people over 50 that he knew as friends or acquaintances, had they experienced anything like that himself? Because he was trying to figure out his own thoughts and feelings about it. 
He was trying to help himself redefine who he was without this role now as this man who was the main provider and had earned money his whole life. And so it's a perfect example of how situations can happen in our lives where we, you know, have this maybe shocking or traumatic or horrific or difficult, challenging experience. But it really can be a gift if we allow ourselves to then see how it's moving us forward. And we might not always see that movement forward right away. We just are still feeling all that we're feeling, but it's actually beginning to happen like it was for Paul. And so as he reached out to other people and started asking what their experiences were, he started finding so many people that were experiencing so many things over 50 that he started seeing these issues, right? These commonalities. And thus he started the show as a way to just share, as a way to just connect. And in that, then it grew and it grew and it grew to the point where he was actually, you know, interviewing celebrities and working with the Smithsonian Institute. You know, Paul has a has a wildly popular show that gets massive downloads on a regular basis. And yet, you know, this is Paul's passion now because he saw for himself how reaching out to others and seeing common experiences helped him to realize his experience wasn't so unusual and that it didn't have to mean anything about him as a person as a being, as a man, as a provider, as a husband, as a father. And so I really loved his advice to everybody, right? At the end of our conversation last week, when he's like, lighten up. You know, life isn't really that serious that we can take a step back and lighten up our thoughts about all these things that happen in our present and our past. And that we don't really have to bring the past forward into the present and then begin worrying about it. Because, you know, the truth is worry, fear, is about this future place. I've experienced this thing before where, it, let's say, for example, I was walking down the street and it felt like or sounded like someone was following me. Every time I stopped, the footsteps stopped. Every time I continued on, the footsteps started again. When I turned the corner, the footsteps were still there. So now my mind is interpreting that I'm being followed. I kick off a whole chain reaction physiologically in my body that causes me to start feeling a faster heartbeat, and I start feeling shaky, and maybe my breath is becoming shallower, and I'm breathing much faster. And now my mind is interpreting that physical stuff and saying, oh my God, we're being followed. Oh my God, I'm in danger. I'm scared. What if? Because my mind is now projecting this present situation into the future and saying, what if this happens? Then I might get hurt. And it becomes this endless loop that happens in our mind between our body and our mind. And sometimes it's a little bit challenging to interrupt that pattern and to stop that. But then let's say the footsteps stop and they go off in another direction. Now what happens is that my mind is like, whew, oh, wow, thank God. Oh my God, I was so scared. I thought I was being followed. Because my mind is saying I'm safe now. The apparent danger has passed. 
Now that begins to slow the onslaught of biochemical messengers that are flooding my body from my brain because my brain's goal in nature is just survival. It just wants me to survive. My brain's job is to keep the body surviving and in a state of aliveness. And so now my brain is like, because your brain doesn't know what's real or not real, there's safety. So the brain can stop flooding my body with all those chemicals. And now my mind reinterprets that as the, as the chemicals in my body dissipate and diminish as a slowered heart rate, a slower breathing pattern. Maybe I'm breathing more deeply. Maybe my shakiness is starting to diminish. And I'm like, oh my gosh, whew, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. Okay, but then here's one more thing that happens. Now my mind interprets from the past into this current situation, stay with me here for a second, and says things like, God, you're so stupid. Why do you always think someone's following you just because you heard footsteps? Wow, you jumped the gun, things like that. And then we internally hear that and we start blaming ourselves or feeling bad about what all that meant. Like, oh my God, yeah, you know, I do have a tendency to, you know, I hear footsteps, I automatically think someone's following me because maybe in my life in the past, someone was following me or did follow me or appeared to be following me for a long time. And so it got very ingrained that when I hear those footsteps now, it means the same thing as the past. And so when Paul recognized that what was happening in his life didn't really mean anything about Paul as a man, as a human being, as a father, as a spiritual man, as a man of faith, as a husband, he was able to begin to change that old patterned thought and belief system about himself, and it opened new opportunities and new doorways for him because it led him down that path to seeking out others just to understand, to get some of that feedback, right, from them. Like, has this happened to you? How did you feel? How did you manage through it? And that allowed him then to begin this path of starting a podcast that is wildly popular for people over 50 simply because of his own experience. And so when we can take and look at our current fears and worries or the things about ourselves that we are judging, and we really see that the basis for those things is, is a fear that something from the past is going to happen again in this future place. And so now, right now in this present, I'm just obsessing about it or thinking about it or being afraid that it'll happen again. I can see that it's really about the meanings that I had learned to give it in the past that I can now begin to make a choice about dismantling. You know, but of course, first we have to be aware. And like Paul wasn't aware in the beginning. It took him quite a while before he came into that place of awareness. And as he said in his kind of advice to everybody last week at the end of the show, he said it was really his faith and his spiritual awareness that were the things that helped him to keep moving forward and that that is so critical, right? Just keep taking those steps even when you don't think you are, even if it's small, 
It could be the smallest thing. I have a quick story about a client I used to have who was seriously clinically depressed. I mean, she was on 12 or 13 different medications. She couldn't work. She could barely function. And, and honestly, I don't even know how she got to my office each and every week, but she did. She was dedicated and committed to changing what was going on for her because she'd reached a point of no return where enough was enough. She just couldn't handle the pain anymore. She couldn't handle the loss of functioning in her life any longer, but she was struggling to do it on her own because she couldn't see outside her own filters and outside her own box, so to speak. So she came in one day and she said, I really want to clear my office, my home office, like this room that was used as like a place where she could read and relax and do some work. But she said, it's an absolute mess. Just take the desk, for example. There's just like papers piled high, like a foot, foot and a half high on there. And I just, oh my God, it's overwhelming. How am I ever going to get through it? And I said, well, let's, let's take things really slowly. Let's go really, really slow and step by step. And imagine if I'm looking at the whole room and I'm imagining the future place of it being clean and neat and organized, but all I'm seeing with my physical eyes is this massive clutter and stuff everywhere, it's going to feel incredibly overwhelming to think about getting through that room and getting it to that vision place where it's clean and clear and organized. Instead, though, let's just take a one foot by one foot square of that room. If I take just a one foot by one foot square and I just look at what's in that little area, it makes it easier. It can still be really overwhelming, but it makes it easier than the entire room. And I'm not really looking at it for the end vision that the entire room is clear and clean and organized. I'm looking at this one little section. So I said to her, let's take it as though it's a one foot by one foot square. What is the most pressing thing for you right now that you would love to clean up if you could clean up anything in that room? And she said, my desk. I said, okay, great. What's on the desk? And she proceeded to explain that there was just all kinds of stuff on the desk that like you couldn't even see the bottom of the desk. You couldn't see any of the shelves or any of the little drawers that like that were, it was like one of those roll top type desks. Couldn't see any of that. And it was really frustrating for her because it just felt, you know, so overwhelming. And so I said, then let's just take this one, quote unquote, one foot by one foot section. It wasn't really a foot by a foot, but the idea is that it's a small little area. And it was one stack of papers that were about a foot high. And I said to her, are you willing to just start addressing that little section? She said, sure, but I don't know how much I can do because as I look at the whole thing, it still feels like so enormous. It's like a foot high. How am I ever going to get through all that? I said, okay, when you go home today, just take off one piece of paper, not half the stack, not three inches worth. Don't fill up a garbage bag. Literally just take off one piece of paper. And so she did. And then she came back the following week and she said, you know, well, because I had told her, if that one piece of paper feels okay, then tomorrow take off two pieces of paper and the next day take off three and the next day four, like whatever was comfortable for her, but she had to feel good with it, right? When she came back in the following week, she said, you know, 
I did the one piece of paper and I realized that it really wasn't that big of a deal. So I ended up taking off, I don't know, you know, maybe five or 10 pieces of paper. Awesome. And I thought maybe she would tell me that's all she had done for the whole week. No, no, no. She proceeded to go on and say, I was so energized by that, but I gave myself permission to just do that one piece of paper that it was then my choice because it felt okay to take off more. But then I was like, that's enough, right? Because I'm telling you, she was very clinically depressed. So that was a big accomplishment for her. And that was a huge thing. The next day, though, she took off maybe 20 or 30 pieces of paper. Do you know that in that one week time from when I saw her to when I next saw her, that whole foot of papers that were on her desk were totally gone. And it all started with one piece of paper. And that's basically what Paul was talking about when he was talking about keep moving forward. Work to not let any of the outside stuff or the fears that you have about the present and the future from some of the things you've experienced in your past get in the way of stopping you from continuing to move forward, even if it's just one piece of paper worth, or it's one step, or it's one decision. Because you are incredibly valuable and worthy because you're alive right now on this planet at this time of our evolution. And it's super important that if you know that you're being held back by things from your past that are causing you to bring them into your present and be then worried or fearful about the future, or you're getting into the head trash in your head, that inner critical voice that is yelling and screaming and talking at you and saying you're not enough and you're not worthy and you can't do it like Joe Blow can, therefore why bother? Or you find yourself procrastinating or feeling stuck, like I don't know what's wrong in my life and my relationship or my business and I can't really figure it out. Reach out to someone else like Paul did acquaintances, friends, a counselor, a therapist, you know, family members, neighbors, casual conversations, doesn't matter. Reach out to someone and just ask the questions. Hey, have you ever experienced something like this? Have you ever felt blah, blah, blah? Have you ever felt like you were stuck in your life? How did you, what did you think about it? How did you handle it? What did you do? And you might be surprised because it very well could set you on a path of your own. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day-to-day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. So you just never know. That's the point. And what I really appreciate about Paul's willingness to rebuild is that he wasn't staying stuck to the ideas of the past that said he still has to be this man who provides in this particular way through this particular career choice. He now allowed organically and naturally his podcast to be built, essentially, to to come to pass, to be birthed 
as a natural progression of his communications with other people and what they were being affected by. And because this was such a huge life transition for him from a level of faith and spirituality, from a level of his career, from a level of within his family unit, and really within him as a man and fundamentally as a human being, it really then brought together all of the experiences he had previously that led to his being let go at that job and being forced into finding a new path for himself. And once he stepped on that path, yeah, he might not have had that much clarity or confidence with it, but because he allowed it to unfold more naturally, it became that over time. And that's how he was able to then, you know, invite potential well-known people to his show that would say, yes, I'd love to come on and be interviewed by you for your audience and share with them my own experiences. And so a lot of times when we're thinking about, you know, what's my path? What's my purpose? What direction am I supposed to go? We can want to see that end result, but then we're struggling to find the path to get there. So whether it's like, you know, cleaning up clutter in your house, or it's totally changing careers and shifting directions, like in this time of COVID, where so many have been forced to have to look at a new path. Part of the frustration that I'm seeing as a therapist and a coach is that people are trying to find, they have this big kind of end vision place and they see it and they can like taste it and smell it and almost touch it, but they have no idea how to get there. And they want so much to have that end result be their their truth that they're trying really hard to find the path. And in the trying state, they're actually keeping the path away. You know, you may have heard me say this before. If not, I'll repeat it. I'll probably repeat myself a gazillion times over the course of this show. Trying is one of those little, horrible, hateful words because the truth is, it's a state of commitment and non-commitment. You can't see me, but I would like to invite you to either do it right now, wherever you might be, as long as it's safe and you're not driving, but imagine or do it, take a pen and put it in the palm of your hand. If you're a right-handed person, put it in your left hand. And now I would like to have you imagine that you're actually taking your right hand and moving it toward the pen in your left hand to pick it up, but you're not actually picking it up. And just watch your hand as you keep moving toward the pen to pick it up, but you then pull away and don't actually pick it up. That's really what trying is. Trying is this state of commitment and non-commitment. Look, I'm really trying to pick up this pen. I'm trying, but I'm not actually doing it. And it's the same as when we say things like, I'm trying to quit smoking or I'm trying to lose weight. Well, I'm not trying to lose weight if I made a choice today to stuff five cupcakes in my face. That's not trying. I made a conscious choice to put five cupcakes in my face today. So then what? I'm going to feel bad about the fact that I put those five cupcakes in my face? What if I invited you to think about it just a little differently and say, oh, I am working toward this end goal, this vision place, this big picture place of losing weight and looking, you know, X, Y, Z way in my body, right? And today, like every day, I am working toward that end vision goal. 
And today I made a choice to put five cupcakes in my face because I really wanted them. Okay, great. Move on. That was the choice you made. It means you weren't working that hard today toward your end goal of losing the weight and looking a particular way. Don't beat yourself up about it. Enjoy the fact that you made a choice to have five cupcakes. And then tomorrow you wake up and you go, today I'm going to work a little bit differently toward my end goal of losing weight and looking a particular way by... If I'm faced with the same choice again to put five cupcakes in my face, I think I'm going to not choose to put the cupcakes in my face. And if you do or if you don't, it truly makes no matter. Because nothing means anything save for the meaning you give it. Nothing truly matters unless you give it mattering, unless you make it matter. And so if we have expectations, if we have thoughts and belief systems that say, well, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, a person who's losing weight shouldn't ever put cupcakes in their face, well, we're going to get into trouble because we're human and sometimes we might want to eat cupcakes. And it's fucking okay to eat the cupcake that day or two or three or five of them. What is not healthy is for you to make that choice out of want or desire and then beat yourself up about the choice that you made. You can learn and grow from the choice. And so if the next day you wake up and you say, wow, I didn't like the way I felt yesterday by eating all those cupcakes and I realized that I really wasn't working toward my end goal of losing weight. And so probably, you know, eating the cupcakes wasn't the best choice then today I'm going to move through my day as though I, I don't want to make the decision to eat the cupcakes if given the choice again. And that's it, that you learn and you grow. And that's what Paul did. That's what I do. That's what you do. You know, a lot of people think that because I'm a licensed therapist and coach and because i you know i teach these kinds of conceptual theory things and i we put them into application all the time together as you know counselor and client therapist and client coach and client mother and son husband and wife friends family like this is just a part of how i talk and move through the world every single day with everyone People think that I've got it all together. Well, that's not the truth. My truth is that I, quote unquote, have it pretty together most of the time. And when I start getting caught in my head and I start getting overwhelmed with layers of the emotion and layers of experiences that are coming up for healing and release, and I'm struggling, I reach out to other people who I know and trust and love and I know love and trust and, and, you know, are holding that beautiful space for me and say, man, mirror for me, right? Slap me silly here. Help me get out of my head because I know I'm in my head and I know I'm struggling and I'm, I'm just not seeing the way out right now because we are human. And so, you know, I would invite you to also think about that if anybody ever tells you that there is some 
spiritual fucking road to enlightenment that looks a particular way and that's the only way you can achieve it and when you get there then you will be enlightened and have an amazing life run run as far and as fast away from them as you can because i guarantee you maybe their heart's in the right place but more than likely they have a hidden agenda whether it's taking your money or having you follow them because it builds their ego, run. Because there's an agenda there. Because the truth about who we are as human beings, the truth about who we are as spiritual beings having a human experience, the truth about us being a badass of our own life and a real true visionary of our own life is that we reach out to others to help mirror for us with no ideology that there's only one way. There is another way, but not only one way. There are many ways. And we have to honor that in ourselves and in other people. And Paul really did that in himself. He didn't look at that and say that the only way I can be this husband and father and man and provider in this way of the era I grew up in that says men do X, Y, Z and do it this way was when he was faced with this huge transition in his life and having to rebuild and really finding a new path, he gave himself the permission to be a man who felt depressed, a man who felt frustrated, a man who felt insecure and questioning himself. And then he also gave himself permission to be a man who was on a, on a path of discovery and recovery and really taking a look at what was important to him. And yet those questions didn't come about necessarily easily, and they came about more naturally as he continued to talk to other people and allow himself the vulnerability to say, I don't know how I'm getting through this. I'm really struggling here. And it led to a path that became a much different path than his original path but it's now a path that he's filled with passion for. And it's now a path that he's, it fills him with purpose and, and a deeper sense of self because he truly knows he's serving his community and those whose lives he touches. When I first met Paul for the magazine that I write for, I was doing a feature story on him. And when I first met him, I was struck by his genuine willingness to just be Paul, this soft-spoken, gentle man who has had some, you know, dark nights of the soul, and then to deal with his own son and his son's attempt at suicide rocked his family's world and his own sense of security within himself as a man and as a father. And yet, now as a family, they've come together to really honor themselves and each other, and they can live together and share space together and really not have the expectations and be in each other's way. It's just a different level of honoring. Now, if you wonder maybe why I use the word honoring a lot versus the word respect, is that I have always chosen to use the word honor because to me, 
respect is obligatory. We have been taught from, you know, childhood, you will respect your elders. You better respect your mother and your father. You better respect authority. So it's like that word respect has been instilled in us from a place of obligation. But the word honor is really the same thing, except that honor is a choice. I make the choice to honor someone else, to honor who they are or where they're at or what they think or what they feel. I may not agree with it. I may not like it. I may not even want it around me. And at the same time, it can honor them for being who they are and fully expressing as themselves and not have it mean anything about me or my thoughts or feelings or opinions. So I hope that last week's episode and today's episode really kind of, you know, drive home the delicious points that life is a transition. Every day, every minute of every day is really a transitioning process because you're not the same person right now when you first started listening to this podcast, this episode today. You are not the same person as you are right now 35 some odd minutes into the episode. Your cells have changed. Cells have been born and died. Your skin is shedding. Things are happening and moving. There is a fluidity to us as human beings in this life that is always in a state of transition. And you know that kind of phrase where like, people are like, oh, I hate change, or she hates change. She doesn't deal with change well. Well, <laughs> I hate to tell you, but there's nothing constant but change. And every moment of our life is changing and shifting. And it's up to us as human beings and spiritual beings having this human experience and human beings having the spiritual experiences, whatever that means for each of you. It's up to us to take a look through those changes, through those moments, through those lenses and see the transition, see the evolution. Because even with all the stuff going on in the world today, it, it's amazing to be alive on this planet right now because we are at a time in our evolution of great change, of deepening in the love and the compassion and the kindness and the caringness as a human being, of deepening, you know, of being in service to the world and those around us, of really stepping into our power and infinite possibilities so that we can create the impact we're here to create and ripple out those changes, ripple out those waves of impact to others. And so I hope that, you know, because we don't change when we're comfortable, that in this great time of uncomfortability, like Paul had to experience himself, and I've experienced through the assaults and different and the moves. I've moved 25, no, 28, 30, I don't know. I lost count. At last I knew it was 28 times in my life. Through all of those changes and dark nights of my soul, Paul's soul, your soul, that we can find our path, whatever that may mean for right now, as we step into the place of change and look at it through the eyes of adventure instead of looking at it through the eyes of fear, if we can look at it through the eyes of love and compassion toward ourselves and toward others, we can really begin to start loving ourselves 
in a different way and feeling a deeper sense of self-esteem and self-worth of that value and that deservingness and allow us then to see the opportunities that are coming before us, rebuild and really find that path for ourselves. So for now, you know, I love you all. And I am so honored that you are here week after week sharing in this journey together with me. I may be the one talking and my voice may be the one that you're hearing, but the truth is you're listening because on some deep level, we're doing this together. I may not know you personally, but if I get quiet and I listen from that deepest place of connection, I can hear you. And I thank you and honor you for being here. So if there's anything you need, you have any questions or comments or feedback, you'd like to see something specific on the show or feedback of any kind, any kind of topic, please reach out to me at susandesenzi.com forward slash contact dash me. And all of that will be in the show notes. I would love if you're enjoying this show to share it out with those that you feel might benefit as the more people we reach together, the more impact we'll all make together. For now, be safe, be well, live free, and shine bright. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option. Getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.